six reasons why you are not losing body fat right now or total body weight in general. Welcome to the Physique Formation Podcast with your host, Denver Stain. Uh, each week, I pretty much try to bring you a podcast that is informative, straight to the point, nice and simple, easy to understand, and gets you closer to your goals. So, six reasons why you're not losing body fat right now. This topic can be quite frustrating for so many people. I often get clients who I know where they can improve, but they'll come to me and say, hey, I don't know why progress isn't happening or why the scale's moving so slowly and things like that. And in my mind, I know that, number one, there's quite a few things they can improve, but number two, it's a process, right? And we can't expect to lose a crazy amount of body fat in a very, very short period of time if our habits, our lifestyle doesn't really support that and, you know, our decisions that we've made over multiple weeks, months, and years has kind of got us to a position that we don't want to be in. So I guess everybody wants to rush the the outcome or the process, and that's probably one of the main issues when it comes to achieving fat loss because people do have high expectations. They don't see the rate of progress that they expect or they desire, and then they fall off track. And I always say, like, quitting is the easiest way to get nowhere. Like, If you start something, you start a plan, you've got this end goal and you're not seeing the results as quickly as you would like to, but there are some results occurring, quitting or just completely changing your your path or whatever is not going to get you anywhere closer to that goal. So if you're moving towards your goal, that is a positive. If you stop, if you quit, if you, you know, deviate from that, uh, how is that going to help you? It's not. So quitting is always the, the worst approach, in my opinion, because it actually takes you further away from your goal. Anyways, that's not on my list of six reasons why you aren't losing weight, but maybe we should add that in as a bonus. You're not losing weight because you're starting and you're stopping, you're starting and you're stopping. You're inconsistent. Actually, number one reason why you're not losing weight is because you are not consistent. So I guess that ties into it, right? So consistency is key. We say this all the time, or I say this all the time with my clients and people I work with and have worked with across many years now. If you're not consistent, we don't have the data that we need to ensure that everything is getting ticked off towards your goal. If you are looking to save X amount of dollars because you want to buy this dream car of yours or whatever, and each week you're very inconsistent with how much money you're spending, by the end of the week you're not going to have the savings that you want to ensure that you reach your end target of having the money that you need to buy that car. So if you have a budget with your finances, for example, and you know you need to spend this much on this on your food, this much on your entertainment and lifestyle expenses, this much on your memberships and your phone or whatever, and you wanna ensure that there is a surplus of funds left over, towards your goal of saving for a car, if you're super inconsistent with that and you blow all your money on alcohol on the weekends and you party too much and you buy yourself this new Louis Vuitton bag and whatever else that might come with it, you're not being consistent with your spending. Therefore, you're not going to see the savings at the end of the week or the month or the year to then have that accumulated funds towards whatever you want to buy, the car, for example. It can be the same with your nutrition. So if you're spending or if you're consuming way more calories one day than normal and you're eating out a lot more than normal or maybe you're moving a lot less than normal, there's going to be a lot of inconsistencies there. So we need to really tighten things up. 
I like to encourage people to eat out on weekends and enjoy life and have balance, but I also want them to be mindful of the caloric intake consumed, make smart decisions, eat towards improved health, and in a roundabout way, track their intake without being over the top about it, but still track their intake across a seven day period. Now where things go wrong is when people have meals out across the weekend, but their meal out includes a breakfast out, a lunch out, a dinner out. You know, the whole day is meals that they've just snacked on or bought from somewhere instead of preparing for themselves. So the more you can prepare your own meals across the week and have fewer meals where you have to kind of guesstimate the caloric intake of, and also have more control around social meals, then you will create more consistency. So another thing that people do actually is they'll eat really healthy foods across the day. And then when it comes to the evening, they'll watch Netflix and binge on a whole bunch of junk food or snack food or things that are easy to consume. Uh, let's just say Oreos, for example, super easy to eat a whole packet of those. I could do that in my sleep. Easy done. Uh, that happens, right? And then also throughout the day, like I've got some clients who are nurses or work in uh, the hospitals and there's always these fun, easy snacks available at their fingertips, whether whether it's cookies or biscuits or, you know, coffee and milk and sugar or whatever. They always have access to these little energy boosters and they all count. All the caloric, all the calories that you consume across the day, it all counts, right? So consider tracking in every single thing you consume to have a better account of what you actually take in each day and you'll have a better idea of your caloric intake, the highs and lows, and we can tighten things up to improve your consistency across the board. So not being consistent is probably the biggest issue. And sometimes it comes down to not enjoying the plan as well. So you gotta have a meal plan or an eating structure that is designed in the way that you actually look forward to the foods that you consume, you enjoy, you eat with purpose, and you have a purpose or an end goal that keeps you on track along the way as well because if you don't have like a time-based goal or you're not eating towards a specific outcome like maybe you know improved health improved digestion improved libido improved skin improved performance in the gym uh, a certain waist measurement fitting into certain clothes looking really good at a certain event all these different goals right if you have these precise goals when you consume foods and you, you're mindful of these goals then you have an objective and you will be a little bit more consistent with that as well. So that's point number one, you are not being consistent. Point number two, the weekends are throwing you off, which is very similar to the first point about not being consistent, but basically I could go out for breakfast tomorrow and think to myself, you know what, I'm going to get a healthy breakfast, I'm going to get some salmon because it's got some great omega-3, some healthy fats and protein, I'm gonna get some avocado because that's a healthy fat as well. It's got some fiber as well and it's a fruit or a vegetable, whichever you wanna call it, it's definitely a fruit. Uh, then I'm also gonna get you know, a coffee with that as well. And I guess that salmon and avocado is gonna come on a croissant or a bagel or some bread and whatever else comes with it, maybe some hollandaise sauce as well. Before you know it, you're consuming a thousand calories or more at that breakfast. And that is very typical for a cafe breakfast. It's actually insane how many calories you can can consume at a breakfast um, cafe. Also with acai bowls as well. Acai bowls, ridiculous. 600 calories or more every single time. So you're having high calorie breakfast and then you've also got social events in the evening or you're ordering Uber Eats or you're getting drunk, which then results in you 
eating pizza, kebabs, other things that you don't really think about too much. And there's not many meals that you're cooking at home by yourself. You know, so we got to think about the calories within cocktails as well. If you're out drinking, celebrating birthday events or whatever it might be, your weekends can very easily throw you off. And now, as I said previously, I do want you or my clients to enjoy a bit of variety, uh, be social, have social meals, etc. But I also want you to be mindful of your caloric intake, uh, eat mindfully, be smart about your approach, maybe adjust your food intake prior to social events maybe if you're going out for breakfast and you know you're going to have a high calorie intake you're going to cook other meals across the day for yourself you're not going to rely on uber eats or eating out later in the day or maybe you know you have a social event in the evening so you prepare your breakfast and you know it's you ensure that it has a high protein amount a high fiber amount uh, you have good hydration and things like that so your weekends can very easily throw you off and five days of eating well across the week in a caloric deficit can easily be thrown off by two days of eating really, really poorly if every meal across those two days across the weekend are pretty much just takeaway or restaurant meals or cafes and not prepared by yourself. So the more meals you can, can prepare yourself or the more meals you can track fairly accurately the better your outcomes will be. Point number three, you're eating healthy foods, but you're not in an energy deficit or a calorie deficit. So we know that we need to be in a calorie deficit. I didn't want to make the point of, you know, you're not in a calorie deficit as one of the reasons you're not losing weight because by now most people should know you need to be in a calorie deficit in order to lose weight. So an energy deficit and a calorie deficit is the exact same thing. I like to say energy deficit because it's an energy deficit as a reduction or control of your food and your exercise output, your daily movement, etc. Whereas calorie deficit, we tend to just think about food, but we have to think about your activity levels as well. It all comes into play. So you need to make sure that even though you're eating towards good, good health, you're also controlling your total caloric intake. And it goes back to the acai bowl or the breakfast at a cafe where you think you're eating healthy foods, but the total amount of calories that you're consuming is just way more than you actually need. And it doesn't fit within your guidelines or your targets to ensure that we see fat loss. So it's not just about the quality of the foods that you're consuming, but it's also about the total energy load that comes with that food. Because in an ideal world, I could just eat all the oats with berries and apricots and sultanas and protein powder thrown in there and mixed berries and peanut butter that I want to for breakfast. And I can have six eggs on five slices of, or six slices of toast as a snack. And I could have the whole tub of yogurt if I'm really hungry. And it's fine because it's low fat Greek yogurt um, or whatever it might be, like all the chicken breasts, all the rice. We love to eat healthy and eating healthy is very satiating, meaning it makes you feel fuller for longer, which is fantastic and helps you to stay towards your caloric goals or your general uh, control around food, but calories matter. Calories always matter. And leaning towards a higher protein, higher fiber intake can help to make you feel fuller for longer, which is a good approach. But nutrient dense foods that are high in fat will typically add up the calories without you realizing it. So things like nuts and seeds and eggs, oils, avocado, salmon, like your meats, your fatty meats, 
they add up in calories quite quickly, peanut butter, and it's very easy to overconsume calories, thinking you're eating towards improved health, but you do not have any control of the energy coming in. Another thing to note on that is that the smaller you are, the fewer calories you need. So you could be someone who thinks to themselves, yeah, I'm eating really healthy, like I don't know why I'm not losing any body fat at all. But then you realize, hey, I only weigh 50 kilos or 60 kilos, so I'm a very small human, so therefore my energy needs are quite low. And I'm quite inactive. I sit at a desk most of the days and my step count's not that high either. So maybe I need to eat fewer calories. The same foods, very similar foods, but just fewer calories overall. Point number four, why you're not losing body fat or body weight. You're eating mindlessly. So sometimes we eat just to eat. You know, I had a client tell me last week that they were eating a lot more and snacking a lot more just because they were bored, because they had more free time in their week, because they weren't working that week. These things happen. So boredom eating or emotional eating happens quite frequently. And that's one of the reasons why people are not losing weight, because it puts them out of the energy deficit that they're chasing. So we want to eat with purpose. I like to tell my clients to eat foods that make them feel better, that digest well, and that provide a nutrient benefit. So when they eat, they thinking, they're thinking to themselves, okay, I'm eating this food for this benefit, and I'm going to get this result from eating this food. That is eating with purpose, and that kind of avoids boredom eating or emotional eating. Now, obviously, emotional eating typically is going to result in things like ice cream and biscuits and cakes and you know, these types of things. And if you can get away from the idea of food as a comfort source and find other ways to deal with your emotions, that would be a really good way to get on top of things, manage your caloric intake better and stay on track and see the results that you want. Now, it's hard to understand this in the moment because, you know, obviously emotions can really take control of all aspects of life at times. But if you can lean towards something that's actually positive and supportive towards your life when you're in an emotional state, it will actually provide better value than just eating for the sake of eating. Um, bit of a tangent, but you know, I did have this conversation with someone just recently who was going through a breakup and they were like, you know, I've got all this free time now. I don't know what to do with it. I'm normally spending it with this person. I'm so emotional, etc., etc. And that could lead to them overeating, right? Snacking on foods, binging, and just feeling sorry for themselves. And what I suggested to this person is that they look at the time that they would have been spending with their partner previously, and they fill it with things that actually add value to their life, whether that is being active, joining a team sport, you know, for my for myself personally, the last time I went through a breakup, I started doing martial arts again. I joined a beach football team, um, started going to the gym more frequently, spent more time doing things that filled my cup, like going for coastal walks, using the sauna, things like that. And also reading. So when you fill up that free time with things that actually add value to your life, you'll reflect on that three, six or 12 months from, from now and say, wow, I actually was more active than normal. I learned some new skills. I met some new people. I developed as a person and I'm in a better position than I was previously. That is a smarter approach than sitting at home with a tub of ice cream, watching Netflix and being emotional. Like I said, it's easy to say that because in when you're living in that moment, 
it's hard to make these positive decisions, but they will add value to your life and it is worth considering. So on top of that with eating mindlessly, another thing that people do is they'll eat food because they're thirsty. They're actually thirsty and they're just not drinking enough water. So their body will trigger hunger or they'll think they're hungry when in fact they're thirsty. There's food, there's fluid, sorry, there's fluid in food. And sometimes, you know, we get the hydration through that. When in reality, we just need to drink some more water and that will help to reduce our cravings, reduce our mindless eating and reduce our assumed hunger. So make sure you're drinking enough water at the same time. Alrighty, number five, incorrect food tracking. This one is super common. If you are tracking your food with a app like MyFitnessPal, there is so much incorrect data on that app. It actually blows my mind how annoying it is. Actually, just yesterday, I tried to track something in. I found it on MyFitnessPal. I went to track it in. The calories were listed. I tapped it to review the macros of that food, and there was no macros there. It just had the calories listed. It didn't have the protein, carbs, fats, fiber, sodium, potassium, anything like that. It just had the calorie amount. I was like, well, this is useless data to me. And I had to go back and find a different option in the database of food selection to find the one that is more accurate um, or actually provides all the nutrient information that I needed. Now, sometimes you won't find the right info. So it can be worth going on Google and searching this information or using another website resource like I like calorieking.com.au. That's a good food database online. Uh, other times, what I'll do is I'll just go into Woolworths grocery store website, type in a food there, and they have the nutritional information of almost all their food items on their website because you can do online shopping. So that's also a really good way to cross-reference the macros of certain meals or foods and put them into MyFitnessPal as accurately as possible because there's a lot of incorrect data on MyFitnessPal and it can really throw things off. Another thing that people tend to do is they'll just type in, maybe you had banana bread at a cafe with a coffee and you just type in banana bread on MyFitnessPal and choose the lowest calorie option, that's not gonna cut it. That's probably not gonna be accurate. So for myself personally, if I'm gonna have banana bread at a cafe, I will use McDonald's banana bread typically as a trackable item because I know it's fairly consistent in size um, they add butter and it, it looks similar to what a cafe banana bread would be like. Whereas the banana bread at Woolworths is a lot smaller than most cafes. From experience, I know these things. Um, so yeah, so being a little bit more diligent in regards to tracking accurately, being more mindful of portion sizes as well, and ensuring that the data is as accurate as possible. You don't want to be totally guessing every single measurement of every single meal across the day because, you know, without a doubt, you're going to be so far off with the calories consumed or your assumed caloric intake for the day. Another thing that people do with incorrect food tracking is just not tracking at all. So there's some foods that you just won't track in. It's like, oh, yeah, I ate this biscuit, but I won't track it because it's so small. I added milk and sugar to my coffee, but I won't track it because it's kind of ins insignificant. It's not really a big deal. But then you do that multiple times a day or you do that multiple times across the week, it all adds up. And like I said previously, if you're a small human, the calories add up a bit quicker. If you're someone bigger, then you can sometimes get away with a few more calories here and there in your body, or you don't really notice it because you're, you just have more body weight in total. So that percentage of total caloric intake 
is smaller. It's just a small little bite here and there. But the smaller you are, the more diligent and on top of things you need to be with your calorie control and ensuring that everything is tracked accurately. So if you sneak in a few little snacks here or there and you don't tell anyone about it and you don't tell my fitness pal about it and your coach doesn't know about it, it still counts. So it's wise to track everything you consume because you're only cheating yourself if you have these little extras along the way that you're not accounting for. Even when I have days where I go over my calorie targets for the day, I will still track that in so I have a good idea of what was consumed in terms of protein, carbs, fats, fiber, etc., and sodium as well, because that will typically reflect what my scale weight is doing and there's no surprises. Sure, you eat a lot more food, you have a lot more salt one day, you weigh more the next day. You're not going to assume that you've gained a whole bunch of body fat. You're going to assume that you've gained a bunch of fluid retention from the high sodium intake, some food weight in your gut from the higher amount of total food consumed as well, and you're just holding fluid in general and food weight in general. And that will typically pass if you get back onto your diet pretty quickly. So it's good to have an accurate um, assessment of these things and something you can look back and reflect on to make sure that you're on top of things overall. Don't cheat yourself, track everything you consume. Number six, and the final one, time goes so fast. I like to keep these podcasts at around 20 minutes and I'm, I've overshot it, unfortunately, but that's fine. Number six is you have incorrect calorie targets for your goal. So let's talk about it. When we set up a diet, as when I set up a diet as a coach, I will take all things into consideration, such as your total body weight, current body weight, your goal body weight, um, your assumed body fat percentage, your age, your weight, your height, your activity levels, your job, your level of stress, uh, all other considerations around things like that, like stress and sleep and alcohol consumption, everything. I like to take everything into consideration. And then I will set you up with a nutrition plan or caloric target that I deem to be ideal towards your goal based on all the information that I have. And it's important to be consistent with that for at least 14 days to know for sure that the setup is accurate towards the goals that we've kind of outlined or are working towards. But if your activity levels are inconsistent, if your training is inconsistent, if your step count is high one day and low one day, if your lifestyle is constantly changing, if your sleep isn't great, if you're drinking a lot of alcohol one week and then not much the next week, if you're binging on the weekends, if you're you know, ordering Uber Eats a lot, going off plan on the weekends, etc., then we have a lot of variables and we need to really tighten those up. Now, let's just say that you're ticking off all the boxes and you're doing everything correctly and we're still not seeing the changes that we expect. At that point, we start to think, okay, well, maybe your current calorie target isn't the right amount for your current goal and your current lifestyle. Are we going to adjust your diet to ensure that we do see the rate of progress that we want? Or are we going to increase your activity levels to burn more energy throughout the day and throughout the week, again, to see the results that we want? Or are we going to make some other changes around your, your lifestyle or your stress or your alcohol consumption or your sleep? Or is there anything else that we can kind of improve to get the results that we want to, to ensure that you're in a calorie deficit by the end of the week? Now, it's important to note, you need to be consistent, which was point number one of this whole podcast to ensure that we know whether a caloric target is accurate for you or effective for you 
or not. Sometimes I get clients say to me, hey, do you think my current intake is maintenance? Or do you think, you know, I'm in a deficit? What do you think the scale is not moving that much? But, you know, I'm seeing some visual improvements. Like, where do you think I sit? And my answer is like, maintenance intake is a moving target all the time because there's too many variables to think about. Some days you're more active than others. Sometimes you eat more food, which then the reaction to that is actually you eat more food, but then you move more as well. So yeah, you're consuming more calories, but then you're burning more calories. And other days you're binging, consuming way more food and sitting around on the couch and not moving much at all. And so maintenance can be a very moving target. You can't really say, you know, I'm eating at maintenance because the scale is not moving. If there's a lot of variables with your activity levels, if we are super consistent with our energy output, our training, our steps, our sleep, our hydration, our sodium intake, and our calorie intake, and the scales staying exactly the same, we could definitely say, hey, this is more than likely your maintenance intake for your current lifestyle because your current lifestyle is very consistent. So that's something to think about. And then we can make an adjustment down in calorie intake if fat loss is definitely the focus, or we can increase food intake if you're losing weight too quickly or you want to build muscle, and then go from there. So tightening up the variables is key and then adjusting the calorie intake to suit your goals as needed to get the results that you want. And that right there is six reasons why you are not losing body fat. I'm sure some of these reasons might have resonated with you and you thought to yourself, okay, maybe I need to control myself uh, or my dis- improve my decisions across the weekends or okay, I've got that social event on Saturday night so I'm going to make sure I prepare my own meals earlier in the day on that day or okay, maybe I'm snacking a lot more at work so I need to make sure I'm drinking more water instead and also tracking accurately on my fitness pal, which is a big one. When I work with clients, that's probably the first thing, one of the first things we do. So to end here, when I work with clients, the first thing we do is we set up the nutrition plan, we utilize foods that they like, we ensure that there's enough fruits, vegetables, fiber, you know, quality food sources, fats, etc. And we focus on improving their habits or building new habits, getting enough water, getting enough sleep, making sure that they're moving enough throughout the day or you know they have got, they've got a steps target maybe, uh, following a training program if they're doing training coaching as well, and just setting up the foundations. And in the first week or two, we set up these foundations, I look at what they're eating, I ensure that they're tracking things accurately, and we look to improve consistency as a main priority rather than saying, okay, week number one, how, how have you gone? Okay, maybe I'll change your diet now. Let's change these foods out. Let's reduce your calorie intake. Let's increase your steps. None of that needs to happen in the first week. It's all about setting foundations, improving your habits, and improving your consistency to ensure that the planned caloric intake is effective towards your goal, which was point number six, the final point of this whole podcast, ensuring that the calorie target is accurate and effective. But we have to make sure that we're doing all other five points to ensure that all of that is accounted for before we make adjustments. So it's all about habit formation, behavior coaching, eating towards improved health, improving your overall lifestyle, and then adjustments are made as needed. And a lot of the time when I look at people's MyFitnessPal graphs or food diaries, there's a lot of food that is tracked incorrectly. And that is the first thing we have to focus on. So if you feel like you're stuck in a rut right now, you're not seeing the results that you want, consider some of these points, think about where you might be able to improve things, 
and hopefully you'll be in a better position. If you're looking for coaching along the way, reach out to me on Instagram at Coach Denver Stain. You can check out the links in the description of this podcast and I'll be more than happy to assist you along the way. Thanks for listening, guys, and I'll speak to you guys soon.